0: We've been talking about being contagious. Everyone say be contagious, with the emphasis of of uh, Friend Day in March fifteenth and evangelism. Our, our really our goal for this year is is evangelism and harvest. God wants to, uh, us to reap a harvest for Him. And so we're endeavoring to sow the seed and water the seed and prepare the seed and, and, and just see God do a great thing. And let me just say to you, those little cards... Uh, those are not just invitations. They're just, uh, they're, but they are an inroad into people's life. Beverly's going to be mailing ours out and and handing them out this week. We've got some people we're inviting to Friend Day. Listen, I want you to go beyond an invitation. Uh, as we looked at the, the the parable of the great supper, Jesus said, "Well, go out and get the lame and the blind and compel them to come in." Listen, it's hypocritical of us to look at a blind man who may be off in the you know somewhere and and invite them to church. But give them no assistance in getting there It would be hypocritical of us to invite uh, someone that is lame Who couldn't walk To come on up and s- have a seat at the table of the Lord we got to help them get there uh, For the next two weeks but, Hey, let's help them get here on March 15th And I promise you something I promise you something When they get in the presence of God And when the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ Is made manifest in their life It will touch their heart and impact their life and so we we continue to pray, we continue to believe, and we've got to be contagious Christians. Sadly, in the family of God, there's a there's a, a gathering of people that are non-contagious. In fact, the lost world looks at them and says, if that's Christianity, I don't want any part of it. How many of you don't want to be? Uh, uh, the, listen, we we don't want our our hypocritical nature to rub off on the lost world. We want the, them to experience us as salt and light. Everybody, say salt and light. Matthew 5, the beginning of Jesus' public ministry from the standpoint of this being his first recorded message, he gets up and he talks about the dis- to the disciples. And really, there's a great crowd listening, but he's talking about discipleship and what it means to be a follower of Christ. And you know the beginning part is the be what? The beatitudes. He tells us how we ought to have the right attitude. Everybody say, be happy. Look at your neighbor and say, don't worry, Be happy. That was pathetic, too. It's about as good as mine. He said, listen, as a a believer, as a follower of Christ, as a Christ follower, you're to have the right attitude regardless of the circumstances of your life. How many of you, how many of you, not everything is turned up roses in your life? Does that mean we have the liberty as believers to walk around looking like we've been what? Absolutely not. We are supposed to be salt and light and be happy. And once he gets through the attitude issue, he says, let me tell you who you are. You are what? You are? And you are? That's who we are. That's our identity. That is the DNA of a believer. Because Jesus was salt and he was light. This is who we are. And we are. What is what this illustration means is that we are to be contagious and influential and infect this world with the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And you know what Jesus' first warning was after he said, This is who you are. His warning and his concern was that we would become non-contagious and uneffectual and ineffective. And so he said the, the salt can't lose its flavor or savor and, and the light can't be hidden under a bushel. Everybody say, hide it under a bushel. No, no. no. We're going to let it shine. This is who we are. This should be the DNA of our life. We should be Contagious. And so that's what we've been talking about. And today, uh, next Sunday, let me just tell you what we're going to do next Sunday, the Sunday before friend day. I'm going to go back over the last eight weeks. We've been talking about this for eight weeks. Everybody go, whew, whoo, man, we're going to go back over it. I'm going to hit the high points from the last eight weeks. And then next Sunday, we're going to we're gonna seriously get serious about uh, getting the power of the Holy Spirit moving through our life and praying over these people and go out into the highways and the hedges in the last seven days before Friend Day and compel them to come in. And so this is pretty much the, the conclusion of this series, though we will recap it. And uh, listen, when you hear the word recap, let me just ask this. How many of you have been here for all eight of these messages? I got three, four. How many of you missed at least half? Of, no, I won't ask you that. Statistics show that most of you only got half of them. That's just the statistics. You got half of them. So next week, we're going to go back, we're going to get the high points, and we're going to plug into the power of prayer. We're going to ask the Holy Ghost to come upon us mightily in these last seven days to 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 move into the harvest field with great authority and power. So that's that's next Sunday, and I want you to be here. We're going to just, hey, bring your friends next Sunday. Let's get the power of the Holy Ghost on us, and, and let's see God do a great work, not only in us, but through us, amen? With that in mind, here's what I want to talk to you about this morning. We want to talk about contagious Christians and the choices they live by. Those three C's, I can't get it all up there. Contagious Christians and the choices, everyone say choices. The choices they live by. This morning in Sunday circles. Everyone say Sunday circles. Man, there's look at your neighbor and say there's room at the table for you. I want to encourage everyone. We're halfway through this semester of Sunday circles. Conan and Shelly, first time they've ever been in Sunday circles. And, and Conan, were, was, was it boring? And it was great. I did, I'll give you your 20. I'll buy lunch today. How about that? No. Hey, it was great. And let, let me just say you can't, you can't get to know anybody staring at the back of their head. Am I right? And so, Conan, was it relational? But it was practical. Spiritually challenging, we talked about choices and decisions we make and how powerful they are in our life. Uh, and in fact, one of the points was this, uh, you're never more than one decision away, one choice away from being right in the middle of what God has for you in your life. So great time! I want to encourage everyone. We got four more Sundays of Sunday circles. I want to invite everyone here to be at the be at a circle next Sunday. If you weren't at a circle, come be at a circle uh, and just find one fit in. We got youth circle. We got a uh, one, two, th- up to five adult circles. So uh, you just come and be a part and join us next Sunday at 9:30. There's coffee and donuts. You can't miss. Hey, you'll be blessed. It goes by fast. Church starts. You will be a better Christian because of Sunday circles I promise you that and so we talked about choices and this morning I want to talk about the contagious Christian and the choices that they make and then they live by have you ever made a choice uh you know a hard you ever had to make hard choices in life that you knew there were the right ones You think, man, I don't want to do this, but I've got to do this. And then I've got to stand by my decision. I've got to live by that. That's the kind of choices I want to be talking with you about. And I believe today, I'm going to give you seven in a hurry, uh, but I believe some of these are going to be life changers for you. I believe there's some people here today, this will change your life forever if you'll just begin to make a choice. You see, some of us, you you can make, this, this is, I love God's math. How many of you like God's math? One can chase a thousand and two ten thousand. I like how he multiplies the impact. And, and here's, here's God's math for us when it comes to the choices we make. You can make a hundred wrong choices that'll get you a hundred miles off track, right? And they kind of compound, don't they? Man, you make one choice. You know what a lot of people do? They make a bad choice and then they th- think, huh, maybe if I make another bad choice, it'll help me get back where I need to be. How many of you know one bad choice plus another bad choice does not make a good result? You can make 101 wrong choices and be 100 miles off course. But if you make one right choice in life, especially when it comes to uh, these choices that I'm going to share with you, it'll get you right back on track for God's plan for your life. Isn't that exciting? God's math. Hey, you would think we'd have to make a hundred right choices to get back where we were. No, one right choice will get you back in right standing with God. Amen. And so the power of our choices, the power of our decisions, and that's our identity. And through our identity is salt and light. Though, though this is who we are, we must choose to engage ourselves in the business of our being. You see, our being, our DNA is influence is contagious Christianity. And even though Jesus said, we are salt and we are light, we must make right choices and cooperate with the DNA of God in our life in order for His purposes to be realized in our life. With that in mind this morning, let me just build, a, build this insight. The painter, the artist. There's many, In fact, we've got some artists in our church How many many of you know the artist must choose to pick up his brush and begin to paint whatever he plans to paint? The chef. Man, I love great cooking. How many of you like great cooking? Man, I love great cooking. But you know what? The chef has to cook. He has to prepare the meal. She has to prepare the meal. There has to be a choose. They have to choose to prepare the meal. The painter has to choose to pick up his brush. The chef has to choose to prepare the food. The sculptor has to choose to put his hands upon the clay and begin to form what is in his heart to form. The shepherd, the pastor, has to choose to tend the flock of God. And the contagious Christian has to choose to cooperate with the DNA of their being, and that is be contagious. With that in mind, let me share with you quickly seven choices that all of us need to be making in our life on a daily basis and then living them out. The first one is this. A contagious Christian must choose. If they're going to be a contagious Christian, if you're going to activate the the the, the DNA of God in your life and engage yourself in the purpose and the reason for being, we've got to choose to follow Jesus. I'm going to follow him all the days of my life. And I believe today there may be people in this room that are not really following after God's plan for their life. You're searching for this or that or, you know, something to get the monkey off your back or something to bring clarity to the confusion of your life. Listen, uh, Jesus looked at His disciples, and I love Luke 5. I won't go there. In fact, we're not going to turn to a lot of passages today. I'm just going to reference them. Luke 5 is where Jesus got into the disciples' boat. They were by the sea, and there was Peter. They were washing their nets. They would fished all night and caught nothing and Jesus invited himself into Peter's boat and he got into Peter's boat and he began to preach and teach and people began to hear the message of Jesus and you know the story how when he was finished he told Peter to hey, hey, uh, push out away from the shore and launch out your nets and let down your nets for a catch and they had a net breaking boat sinking and load and then Jesus said this to Peter he said, you know what if you'll just follow me you know what I'll do I'll make you into a fisher of men if you just follow me, everyone say, follow me. You know, I'll never forget. I've told this story before. I wish Nathan were here when he was little. We'd just moved to the lake. We didn't even have a, have a, a dock yet. And we wanted to fish and I, I wanted to walk w- 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 wade out into the water. And Nathan had his little Snoopy pole and he wanted to go with me. And we're wading out and, and all of a sudden it got deep on him. And I, I looked back and he was right up here, but he was right behind me. He had his little Snoopy pole. And, and, and I said, oh, Nathan, I'm sorry. He's he said this, I'm so glad I have a brave daddy. He, wasn't, he was feeling a little nervous and he was glad. And in his mind he was saying, it must be okay because I'm following my daddy. I, and daddy is brave. Let me tell you something. We've got a brave daddy. We've got someone who will take care of us. And if we'll just follow him, somebody say follow him. I mean, I'm telling you, we can't get our eyes off him. we got to follow him wherever he goes, we go. Whatever he says for us to do, we do. We just follow him. And I think of Peter. I love, you know, Peter, was. pardon me, he was just a fisherman. And we know that he had his good side and his bad side. One second, he was all prideful and arrogant. And the next time, he was brokenhearted over the wrong choices he had made. But let me tell you something about Peter. If you, if you fast forward from Luke 5, three and a half, or maybe three, three and a half years uh, you know, into the future, there he is at Pentecost under the power of the influence, becoming one of the first real contagious Christians on planet Earth. And when he got through preaching with all his friends standing there with him, thousands of people began to respond to the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And where did it all begin in his life when he made a choice, when he left his nets and he left his boat and he said, you know, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I want to make a difference. And let me just tell you, I thought about this this morning. I think everybody, I'm just going to throw it out. Uh, I think everybody down on the inside of their being something on the inside of them says when they begin to think about life, I want to do something positive in this life. I want to make a difference in this life. I want to make a difference in other people's life I believe God gave us that I believe that's in our DNA and when Peter heard that he said if you'll just follow me I'll make you the fisher of men he said that's what I'm talking about I want to make a difference in the world I don't want to sit here by this seashore and wash these stinky nets and make no difference with my life listen some of us have been stumbling around in the darkness way too long It's time that we lay down our nets or whatever it is that's keeping us from following Jesus and begin to follow Him. Contagious Christians have made the choice to follow Jesus. Number two, contagious Christians have made the choice. They've made this wise choice to fish for men. They've changed. Something on the inside has changed about why they believe they're here. You see, the painter may think he's here to paint. The chef may think he's here to cook, the, you know, the, the, and you just go down the line. The sculptor may think he's here to sculpt, but ultimately all of us are here. Every one of us are here to make a difference in the world, not just with what we do, but with who we influence in our life. Fishing for men. They made a choice, and we've got to make that choice. Am I going to be a fishers of men? That's what Jesus said. I've already said it. He looked Peter right in the eye, and he says, don't be afraid. From now on, from this day forward, you'll fish for men. And most of us have to have that shift in our mind when we wake up in the morning. You know, Peter, can you imagine Peter the next morning? He's following Jesus, and he's thinking, man, I left my boats. I left my I left my, what, how am I gonna make a li- you know what? All these question marks, but in his mind, you know, you know what? I've, I've shifted who I am. I'm now becoming a fisher of men. That has to be the, 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 the shift in our mindset. I'm choosing to fish for men. You see a contagious Christian, they've made choices in life. And one of the first ones is follow Jesus. And the next one, a very right on the tail of that, if you'll follow me, this is what I'll make you. If you follow me, you'll be a fishers of men. You'll be a person of influence in the world. You'll make a difference in the world. The third choice that contagious Christians make that we see in this first century church is they, is they choose to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In fact, what do we see Jesus saying in Acts chapter 1, the resurrected Christ? He said, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. In verse 8 he says, in chapter 1, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Everybody say, come upon me. Now, this is what happens when you get filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the, people want to know, what's the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit or being baptized in the Holy Spirit? Is, is speaking in tongues evidence of the Holy Spirit? I, hey, I'm not going to go down that road, but I will tell you this. The evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is that you become contagious with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, go to Jerusalem, wait for the promise of the Father when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Everybody say, upon you. Everybody say, upon me. When that happens, this is the statement of Jesus. When that happens, you will be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. In other words, until that happens, you do not have the power to be what I've called you to be. You can't be salt. You can't be light. But when you get fit, when it comes upon you, somebody say upon you, touch your neighbor and say, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, they made that choice. And in this room this morning, hey, I just have to tell you that all of us need a fresh outpouring and infilling of the Holy Spirit. Every one of us, the pastor. I'll never forget the little kid on revival meeting. He kept watching this guy every night in revival. He had come to the altar. He had fall down and go, fill me, Jesus, fill me, Jesus, fill me, Jesus. Every night, and the little boy watching him every night. Finally, about the fourth night, he feel me. He had all the extending. He, he gave his mama one day, he said, Mama, I said, What, son, don't talk until mom look See that man? She said, Yeah, I see that man. He said, I think he leaks. How many of you know all of us are leaky? And some of us we leak out before we get out the doors we just oh my gosh we're just uh, uh, you know but hey listen we need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our life we he says when that happens this is what happens and let me just uh, let's follow it backwards let's be mathematical if you are not being salt and light if, if you are not being a witness in Jerusalem that's home and Judea down the street in Samaria over where at the other side of the tracks where you're not supposed to go after dark uh, if you're not being an influence there if you're not being an influence if you're not being a witness in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria much less the outermost parts of the world you must not be filled with the Holy Spirit could we make that deduction of course we could contagious Christians choose to follow Jesus they choose to fish for men they choose to be filled with the Holy Spirit and let me just say this in case you're leaky remain filled with the Holy Spirit amen How many of you know the empowering of the Holy Spirit is a one-time experience, but it's a daily lifestyle? Amen? And they chose to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And you can see it as I mentioned about Peter in Acts chapter 2 when they began to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ with great power. You see, when they were empowered, they became emboldened. When you get empowered of the Holy Spirit, you get emboldened. And Peter gets up, oh, you need to read Acts 2 and 3 when he preaches the gospel. I'm talking about bold. I'm, I'm talking about stouter than what? Oh, you missed this one. You want to get in Pastor Samism? He preached so stout. It was stouter than what? Nine acres of what? Mowed garlic. Ooh, that's stout. Everybody go, ooh, that's stout. Now, if that's all you get, don't just tweet that. I mean, get something deeper than that, but. People remember the unimportant things of what I say more than anything. But, hey, but that he, they got bold in the spirit. And you know what the, the religious people of the day did? They called them on the carpet and you know, said they saw the boldness of Peter and John. How did that happen? Because they got filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Whew. Y'all are getting nervous on me. It's time we stand... Hey, let me just tell you what you and I both need to do for the next two weeks for fo' show. Everybody say fo' show. For sure, we need to get in the power in the prayer, prayer closet and get under the power and the influence of the Holy Ghost. And let me just tell you, most people think the Holy Ghost is here to get the monkey off your back. I need, oh, get the monkey. How many of you ever had a monkey on your back? Not literally, but you know what I'm talking about. And all about all it is is I need this, I need that. Oh, me, I'm here, I'm here. Hey, listen, if you need to get set free, we'll get you set free. But then get filled with the Holy Ghost and go make a difference in the world. Under the power and the influence of the Holy Ghost. You see, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not here just to get the monkey off your back. So you can come to church and go, I got the life of God in me. I got the life of God. And then go home and live like the devil. Come on now. It's to empower us to be witnesses. They chose to. They, they obeyed God. He said, go and wait. They went and wait. And they began to pray. And they began to seek God. They were in one accord. And they were waiting on the promise of the Father. And on Acts chapter 2, it came, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them boldness. And the next thing that happens is influence. Everybody couldn't figure out why they were speaking in their own language from the city they were in and Peter gets up and begins to preach Whew. amen if I were you I'd get home in the next two weeks I'd make sure I got the Holy Spirit all over my life bubbling oozing out of every pore of my being Praying in the Spirit, praying with the understanding also, singing in the Spirit, singing with the understanding also. And I know some of you are going, oh, preacher, now you're getting out. I don't know, man. I'm not sure about that. Hey, just get all alone and and check it out. I promise you, you'll be happy that you did. Everybody go, happy, happy, happy. Let me just say this to all you men of God out there. All the men of God say, amen. I I got more than one. I said, all the men of God say, amen. Amen. Ladies, that, is, there, is, that, is that all the men of God we got in this house? I said, All the men of God say, Amen. Amen. Now, I, I, let me tell you, men of God, your wife will be a happy camper if she wakes up in the morning and she finds you in the living room with the coffee already on and you pray it in tongues and seeking God with all your heart. She will be a happy woman. And vice versa. All the women of God say, Amen. Hey, you want to have a happy home? Get up in the morning and get your Bible out and ask the Holy Ghost to come upon you mightily and start praying in the Spirit and with the understanding also. Start singing with the Spirit and singing with the understanding also. Your husband will wake up, he'll get jealous, and he'll want to pray louder than you. Come on now. We need people filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Contagious Christians, choose To follow Jesus, they choose to fish for men and they choose to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And number four, this is certainly important. They choose to fellowship with the saints. They realize we're in this thing together. And they come together in fellowship. And I don't, hey, look in Acts chapter 2 later, verse 42 through 47. It talks about what began to happen once the church was born and how the Spirit of God, when, when the Spirit of God came upon everyone, it says they continued in the apostles' doctrine and in the breaking of bread and prayer. And it says they continued in fellowship with one another. Verse 47, it says they were praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord. Verse 46, pardon me, they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, and they ate their meat with gladness and sincerity of heart. Let me tell you something. If you want to be contagious for Christ, don't be unashamed to be a part of the family of God. Don't be disconnected from the ministry and the daily interaction of the family of God. Don't just be a hit and miss kind of attendee. Be a a part. Lord of the family of God. Whoo. And become a fellowshipper. Be it Sunday circles. Be it our ladies' events, ladies. Men, be it our man church events. uh, Our our young adults. Be it the young adults' events. Youth, all of it. There's plenty of opportunity to fellowship with the saints. This past week, Beverly and I, everybody say OMG. We have pastoral friends from all over Texas and really all over the nation. We spent two and a half days, two days. In fact, we all carpooled to Branson together just because we wanted to hang out, even in different cars. And we stopped and ate together. That's so, oh man, they just eat together. Then, after we ate Japanese food, and wherever we were in Arkansas, we had snowball fights. It was a 30-second snowball fight. The reason it didn't last very long is because all of us were, couldn't catch our breath after about 30 seconds. <laughs> and then we had great time fellowship with one another. And here in Jack Hayford in ministry, I'm telling you, where would we be, Beverly, without the fellowship of the saints? In fact, in March, I'm going to begin, after Friend Day, I'm going to begin a series it's going to be called doomsday preppers. Any preppers in the house? Any closet doomsday preppers? You got hidden food and your bug out plans. That's not really what we're talking about. Preparing your life and family for the end of days. And one of the things when you see in Revelation 1... The Apostle John, who's got the revelation of Jesus, when he writes the letter, he doesn't call himself Apostle. He says, to my companions and friends. He wasn't big Eye, little you. He said, ooh, how many of you know in the last days you need friends? In fact, what does Hebrews chapter, I think it's Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. He says, forsaking not the assembling together as the manner of some is, so much more, everybody say so much more. So much more as you see that day, big D. In other words, the last day as the last day approaching. We need one another more today than ever before. Amen. Contagious Christians follow Jesus. They choose to follow Jesus. Fish for men. They choose to stay, be filled and stay filled with the Holy Spirit. They choose, this is my choice, to fellowship with the saints. And number five, they choose and they have chosen and so must we choose to face their fears. Oh, there's a lot of fear in the world, especially in these last days. And we see the first century church in Acts 4. They faced their fears. They got bold in God and they faced their fears. And it says in verse 33 of Acts chapter 4, it says that with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They chose to face their fears. Acts 6 and 7 is the story of Stephen. The first recorded martyr for the cause of Christ. You see, once that, listen, you need to understand something. When contagious Christianity hits the fan, the devil gets all stirred up. And the Holy Ghost fell in Acts 2. Acts 3, it started being played out. Acts 4, the resistance came. By the time you get to Acts 6 and 7, they're already martyring people for their witness for Christ. And you and I have witnessed in these last 30 days, present-day persecution that leads us to the reality that we are at end-of-day's times. Did you know that? We are, we are present-day witnesses of last-day's persecution. If you hadn't read Revelations 20, verse 4, you might want to go there today. But it says this about the last days that there's a special place and a special blessing for those who have been beheaded for their witness for Christ. Who would have thunk it? We are present day... Listen, you need to understand this. If you leave here today, you need to understand this. We're present day witnesses of end days persecution. And I'm going to begin to show it to you... And March 22nd, where we stand in these days. You say, do you know when? Nobody knows the day or the hour. But listen, we know the signs and the seasons. Jesus said, you better watch. When you see this happening, you better be ready. We need to be prepared for the end of days. You say, oh, pastor, how's it going to all pan out? I said, I don't know, but it's going to pan out. And in the end, I've read the end of the book. You know what the end of the book says? That there will be people from every tribe and nation In heaven before the throne, worshiping and praising God. The first century disciples, the contagious Christians, have to learn to face their fears and realize, hey, it's not all apple pie and Chevrolet. There are challenges in this life, but a contagious Christian stands up under the power and the influence of the Holy Ghost and says, I will not be intimidated about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul said it in Romans 6. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek, in other words, to everybody. Contagious Christians face their fears. And number six, they choose to fight the good fight of faith. They realize that this is not just, how many of you know the devil's just not gonna roll over? Just cause you got filled with the Holy Ghost, that's just gonna make him matter. And so we see through the New Testament, especially through the ministry of Paul the Apostle, that contagious Christianity requires us to fight the good fight of faith. He told the first uh, the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 9, he said, I fight, thus I fight. He's not fighting flesh and blood. Thus I fight, not as one who's beating the air. And then he said in 2 Corinthians t- uh, chapter 10, verse 5, he said, for the weapons of our warfare. Everybody say warfare. We're in the middle of a warfare. Do you know it? We're fighting for our sons and our daughters and our children and our grandchildren and our neighbors. and It's a spiritual warfare. Paul said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not natural, but they're mighty through God. Somebody say mighty through God. Come on, somebody say mighty through God mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. This world is full of strongholds. People are hung up by sin and sickness and, and and satanic influence. But the power of the church to stand in the gap and fight for them will shake those strongholds loose in their life. And I'm telling you that's why we're praying for lost people. There's people on here drug addicts. they they they're, they're got all kinds of issues. Immorality and, and anger and fear and doubt and trouble and trauma. And it's all because they're lost Lost and without Christ. And they've never heard the message of a Savior. And it's up to the church to stand in the gap. And fight for the lost that are lost. And on their way to a devil's hell. Contagious Christians know that they must fight the fight of faith. That's why Paul said in Ephesians 6. He said listen. Put on the whole armor of God. We wrestle not against principalities and powers, but against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Listen. These people are under the spell of the devil. Do you know that? And they have no authority over the devil. Contagious Christians know it begins on our knees, pulling down the strongholds in their life. Contagious Christians face their fears. They fight the good fight of faith. What did Paul say at the close of his life? He told Timothy, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've finished my race. Finally, there's laid up for me a crown of, joy, of rejoicing. We've got to fight the fight. And finally, contagious Christians. They choose to be a part of the fulfilling of the Great Commission. They say, I want to do my part. As I said earlier, Revelation 7, 9, it says this in the end of days. John said, I saw a great multitude of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne. You know what that means? In the end, we win. But how many of you know between here and there, we've got to fulfill the purpose of God for our life? You see, we all have a responsibility in a sphere of influence in our world, do we not? And let me just ask you, what are you doing in your sphere of influence for Jesus. God put you where you are. What are you doing in your sphere of influence for Jesus? Are you being salt and light or have we become ineffective? Listen, here's what Jesus said in Matthew 24 about, about the purpose of God. He said, Matthew 24, verse 14, it's a prophetic insight to the end. He said, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. You see, a part of the end times, one of the big key parts of the end of days is the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. It didn't say go into all the world and mail them an invitation to friend day. Some of you think just because you licked a stamp and wrote a name on the back of that card you did your part. Listen, come on. We got to step it up a notch. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Choices. Choices are a powerful thing. This morning we have the opportunity to choose. There may be someone here. The reality is, you as you back all the way up to the top of this list, the reality may be that you've never really made a choice to follow Jesus. Some of you have been here and you've been following mom and daddy. You've been following this person, that person. It's time we start following Jesus. Some of you here today have never really fished for people. You've always it's you know the biggest god in your life is you. It's not about you. Some of you here wondering why it just seems you're one step forward and two back and just can't seem to make progress. You may just need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. And all of us need to fellowship with the saints and, and realize that, hey, especially in these days we live, we need one another more than ever before. Face our fears and fight the fight and finish this thing called the Great Commission. I don't want to come to the close of my life and hear Jesus say, well, I had this for you to do, but you only did this. We will stand before him one day and give an account for how we did number seven. We can bring all the good things we've done. Well, we did this, we did that. Well, did you fulfill the great commission in the world that I've called you to influence? Were you really salt and light? And so this morning, I want us to stand together, and I want us to embrace these choices today and just ask the Holy Spirit to help us. And let me ask as you're standing today, if you're here today and you can say, Pastor, today, there are some choices that I, even from this, anyone here, and one of these seven things, you just go, man, that one stuck at me. Just lift your hand. You know, you know where choices began? Right now. A lot of us do this. One of these days. One of these days I'm going to start following Jesus. One of these days I'm going to just get serious and let the Holy Spirit come upon me. One of these days I'm going to... I had somebody tell me this the other day. And they hadn't been to church in months. They said, we're going to come back. I said, don't start lying to me now. Because your history proves otherwise. You get in my presence, you start feeling bad about not being here. Don't lie to me. If you're going to make a choice and a decision, do so. But don't go lying to the preacher now. Y'all believe I actually said that? Beverly was there, I think. I don't know if she was, but I said it. And I said it lovingly. But listen, choices begin when we make a things change when we when we make some changes one of these days i'm going to do this how about today let's bow our heads before the lord